Hi and welcome to Create English in Ripollet Radio. This is our October edition. My name's Gabor and I'll be with you in the coming 50 minutes with different stuff in English, uh, such as pronunciation, some grammar. Uh, we're going to have an interview and also we're going to start a tale in English um, written and adapted from a traditional Catalan tale. So it's going to be fun. Let's get going. Well, first up on our program is our pronunciation block. And uh, today we're going to look at the pronunciation of English words, starting with H, such as uh, hello, head, here, etc. I'm Gabor, here with Create English in Ripollet Radio. And here with me in the studio is Anna. Welcome, Anna. Hello. Hello, Gabor. And she's going to be my helper today. Let's get down to it. So um, the first thing I'm going to ask you, Anna, to do is read the pair of words that you have in front of you in the table, please. One Spanish, one English. Gelatina, hello. Jaime, hi. Hippie, hippie. Jose, hospital. Julio, hut. Yes. Um, all right, great. So uh, thank you. And um, as we can hear, the first sound Anna used in these words is uh, is a ch sound, right? And this sound is widely used in Spanish, but not in English. So um, my idea is that we could just uh, make it a bit softer. And let's see how. Um, what I would like you to do, Anna, now is to imitate uh, what a dog does that's been running around for a while and, you know, it's got the, the tongue hanging out. <laughs> now, as you, you can feel in the throat... It's, it's this soft passage of air. Um, now, can you please uh, do the following? I'd like you to add two sounds, e and a. So I'd like you to do he, 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 ha, ha, ha. Can you try it? He, 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 ha, ha, ha. Yeah, repeat. He, 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 ha, ha, ha. Great. It's like laughing. Es como... Como si me estuviera riendo. So, let's combine the two. And what we're going to do is... Uh, we're going to say... E, e, a, a, with two different sounds in front of them. One will be... And the other will be... So, I'd like you to do... He, he, he. He, he, he. Ha, 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 yeah? So do the, do the he, he, he first. He, he, he. Think of the dog. And now do he, he, he. He, he, he. Right, you see? Let's repeat with a, okay? Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. yes, that's the way. Um, now you feel that the he, 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 is softer than he, 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 right? Yes, I do. Okay. So you should remember this softness when you practice. But just a quick comment. In English, there are some words that are pronounced with a completely silent H. Yeah? One example would be hour, you know, the time. It's completely silent. It's hour or honest. These words are not pronounced with 
okay? But only a couple of them. Most of the words in English with H are pronounced as we've been practicing. You can check the dictionary to find which words exactly are these that I've just mentioned. Um, now, back to our exercise, we're going to repeat the English words I asked you to say at the beginning. But this time, before each one, I want you to say he, 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 ha, 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 he, 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 who, 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 etc. And then say the word. Let me show you an example, okay? Ha, 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 hi. Another one? He, 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 hello. So what you do is you say he, he, he. And then you say the word hello. No change in the position. Now you do it. He, 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 hello. Ha, 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 hi. He, 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 hippie. Ho, 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 hospital. Hu, 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 hood. Very good. Just the penultimate one was ho, 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 hospital. Ho, 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 hospital. Fantastic, Anna. <laughs> How was it? Did you like it? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, Anna, thank you. So, um, this is what we wanted, yeah? To, to find this softer sound and... And thanks for coming and hope to see you next time. So goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
What's next? Yeah, next up is uh, our one-minute question block. And what is this? Well, uh, basically, learners ask me questions and I try to answer them in like one minute. So um, I pick questions that are really um, like focused on one specific thing and can be answered in one minute. And here we go. Uh, here we've got one that goes like: um, Is it okay to say, "Do you have availability on"? And um, tienes disponibilidad tal y tal día. I would um, I would recommend using um, two other forms, which would be, are you available on, like uh, I don't, know, are you available on Tuesday? Or you could say, would Tuesday be okay? Would Tuesday be okay? So you could use either of these two forms, right? And there was another question here from another student. Speak to or speak with. And I would say both. Yes, you can see both around, and they, they practically mean the same thing. So you can use, uh, you can say, speak to a person, speak to your parents, speak with the teacher. Uh, these are all fine. Yeah, okay, that's it. Let's move on.
So let's move on. Um, uh, we're going to continue with an interview. Um, I had the chance to meet uh, an old student of mine uh, way back. Oof, that was in 1999, I think. Uh, and uh, well, he's um, this person is called Bolaj. He's um, he's Hungarian, and um, I had the chance to interview him, uh, well, to meet him in Barcelona. And well, we just improvised an interview that I would like to share with you. And then uh, what we're going to do is we're going to comment on some of the expressions that uh, he used in the interview, and uh, well, a couple of things. Um, so let's let's begin. I'll be stopping the interview just to just to make sure that you can follow. So I'll be just making some quick. Um, additions to it um, and I'm going to ask you two questions now to listen out for what day did I meet Bolash? what day of the week did I meet him was it Monday Wednesday Saturday Tuesday etc and the other one would be um, when did Bolash first come to Barcelona and why okay so this is not his first time he was here in the past at some point and my question is when and why. Okay, here we go. So here we are in Barcelona in the uh, park of the Ciutadella and here with me is Bolash Herejcek from Hungary. And uh, well, he's been traveling around uh, and uh, he's now in Barcelona. Welcome, actually. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's great to sit down here in this park. It's Sunday, the families are in the park, everybody's enjoying, enjoying themselves, and I'm looking at a really nice uh, fountain with these sculptures and uh, steps going all the way up, and I can see some golden, golden horses up on the top. So thank you very much, Gabor, for the invitation. Yeah, well, it was actually just improvised because we were walking around, and I said, okay, let's, let's sit down here and, and I can ask you a few questions. Uh, about your experience because you work on 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 these ships called I know now <laughs> they're called cruise ships or ocean liners is that is that correct yes yes some some companies they prefer ocean liners and then uh, because these ships actually were built crossing the Atlantic Ocean between England and the new world I see tell me you this is not your first time in Barcelona you said um, when did you come first uh, very first time I had the opportunity to visit Barcelona in 1992, just after the Olympic Games, where actually we Hungarians were very good at swimming. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. But, but you came with a choir, right? Yes. It Singing. Was, it was a secondary school uh, choir, and uh, I was one of the lucky ones who could take a two-day bus trip from Budapest to Barcelona. But you know, when you are young and 18 year old, you don't really care how long you have to travel to point B from point A when it's like about your vacation. Okay, great. So as you could hear, Bolash was uh, here on a Sunday because as we were sitting in the park, he was saying it's a Sunday afternoon with families walking around and, and you know, the weather is nice, etc., etc., so it was a Sunday, and um, well, his first time in Barcelona was when he came with a choir. Now, a choir is una coral, right? So he was a singer in a choir. That's how he came for the first time. Right, my next two questions would be, um, when did Bolas start working on cruise ships? So when was the first time? And the second question, um, 
what does he do on the ships now? You know, is he a musician? Is he、um, an actor? Is he a waiter or what? So, what does he do? Okay,、uh, tell us.、Uh, you started、uh, working on cruise ships some well, close to fourteen years ago, right? And、um, remember your first experience when you first stepped on, you know, on the first cruise or ocean liner. Yes, I remember、uh, because. The first time I arrived to Palma de Mallorca, it was in 2000 May, and、uh, I had a I had a friend, an unknown friend. Actually, I traveled with because、uh, both of us were hired by the company we started working for, and we were looking for the cheapest solution how to get from Budapest to Mallorca. <laughs> and then we found a travel agency who actually chartered the、uh, groups from Budapest to Mallorca. So we we took that opportunity. And then、uh, we stayed in Mallorca like two days before we got on the ships. But you know we were <coughs> we were very low on budget those days, so we had to look for the the cheapest solution. Okay. And、uh, what is life like on the ship? It's、um, you know、um, actually first let's just tell the listeners what you actually do now. You you don't you're not in music. You do something else. Yes,、uh, I work in a casino,、uh, so I'm the member of the casino department, and I deal cards. So this is called a casino dealer, but to be precise, it would be called escroupier in France. Okay, so as we could hear, Bolage、uh, started working on ships back in 2000, and、uh, what he does on the ships? Well, he's a croupier, which is a French word. That's his job. Right. My next question would be: How does he socialize on the ships? What does he do apart from working? How does he meet people, and how does he socialize, and where? Yeah. So, what, what about the you know the people on the ship? What about the community on the ship? Can you tell us a few things about that? Yes.、Uh, besides working on cruise ships,、uh, it's very common to socialize after work. So there is always a bar where、uh, where the where the crew, where the staff, or where the officers they go together, and、uh, you can get to know each other. You can have a drink or two, and then you can make friendships wherever wherever you go. And and they are there. For example, I'm from Hungary, but when there is somebody from Germany or from the United States or from Canada, and actually they live close to the port where your ship docks, there is always a possibility. To meet them up. Uh huh. Okay. Right. Okay. So, where does he socialize? Well, he socializes in bars. There are specific bars. There are, you know, bars、uh, that are used by the crew and the officers and and the staff. They come from different nationalities and they they socialize there. They meet. They make friends. Okay. My following questions would be: What was the longest period of time that Bolash spent at sea? Without seeing land, okay. So just the sea and no land around. And the second question would be: Where is the place that he would like to live if he had a choice? Is it maybe、um, somewhere in Europe? Is it somewhere in North America or maybe the Caribbean? So what place would he choose to live? And what was the longest time you've spent on on the ship? Do you remember that? Yes,、uh, the longest one was. In 2004, when、uh, we actually brought a brand new ship out of Helsinki, and the inaugural cruise was delayed, so that's why we had to stay 
actually two weeks at sea without any passengers, which one was great fun. <laughs> uh, do you have favorite places around the world? Yes, I do have favorite places. My favorite place is in Mexico. So if one day I could uh, be lucky, then I would live in Puerto Vallarta, which is in Baja California, which is like a southern part of the old American continent. Okay, so he was two weeks at sea without seeing land, without seeing passengers. Uh, the answer is two weeks. And the answer to the other question is... Um, Puerto Vallarta, which is in Mexico. So that's the place he liked best of all the places that he's seen. Okay, next question. Uh, what does Bolas say that he can learn by working on a ship? So what does working on a ship give you as a person? And um, what, I mean, obviously what you do is your job. It's your work. But uh, what else do you get from being on the ship? I think the advantage of uh, working on cruise ships is uh, learning how to tolerate uh, other nationalities, other countries, other cultures, other customs, because it's like a world peace working on cruise ships. Mm-hmm. You need to respect the other, the other people's will, the other people's customs, and then that makes it very smooth. Uh-huh. I suppose you speak English most of the time, but do you pick up words from other languages? Yes, it's very useful. Uh, depends on, like, if you have a friend from Spain, you have a friend from Philippines, you have a friend from Indonesia. Uh, there is no way that you don't ask expressions or, like, very basic stuff, you know, like how to greet somebody, how to say good night, how to say good morning. Uh-huh. What other entertainment exists on the ship? Um, on the ship... We've got, uh, like, musicians, you know, like, you can meet musicians. There are classical musicians. Uh, there is always a theater orchestra. On other cruise ship, I met especially uh, designated ballroom orchestra. Actually, on that ship, uh, there is the biggest ballroom on the high seas. It's fantastic. I never had a chance to dance on it, but I saw people dancing ballroom on it. Also, entertainment, like, there's always a cinema. Uh, there is a special cruise ship where they have a planetarium. Uh, there is always, like, spa. So there is always a beauty section where people, they can spend time. That's one of my favorite when actually I was cruising, mm-hmm. visiting one of these cruise ships. Okay, and the answers are, um, well, what you can learn on the ship in addition to, well, to, to your profession, is uh, tolerance. You can, because you meet people from all over the world, and you must learn tolerance. You must learn how to communicate with these people. English, create English today. Create English, English. So the next question, did he have any frightening experiences at sea or while on the ship. Actually, uh, have you ever had any scary or frightening experience at sea? Frightening experience at sea? Yes, uh, the one a long, long time ago when I was on a kind of old ship and we were uh, crossing uh, between France and uh, England on the channel and suddenly the generator 
went off. So there was no power on the ship. Mm-hmm. People were working on it very hard because luckily it came back in like 10-15 minutes. But in case if uh, there was going to be a strong wind blows, then the whole ship could have been already underwater. Wow. So the, so, uh, so the engine plays a very important part in keeping the, the ship stable, right? Yes, it's good to have. It's good to have like when both propellers they work. Sometimes, sometimes when you are at sea and something happens, the ship can still go with one propeller, but one is enough as well. The answer is uh, there was a situation um, one time when the generator stopped. Okay, and finally, what's his destination? What's his next stop on his way? Okay, uh, what's your next destination? Uh, my next destination is going to be Palma de Mallorca. It's going to be our turnaround day. And then after that, we are going to take another 10-day cruise. So uh, I wish you a very good trip and uh, all the best. And uh, it was very nice seeing you here. So goodbye and thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, Gabor. Right, so his destination is Palma de Mallorca. And then they're continuing their travel. This was the interview that I had with uh, Bolas Herecek, who works as a crew PA for a casino dealer on a cruise ship. I'd like to point out some nice expressions that he used. Uh, for example, he said, uh, Hungarians were good at swimming the Olympic Games in, in Barcelona. Just remember, good at... When you're skilled and you've got talent, you do something very well, we say you are good at it. Okay, he also says that when he traveled first to Palma de Mallorca, they were very low on budget. Low on budget means tener poco presupuesto. This was another one. Then uh, the word to dock, D-O-C-K, to dock a ship, when they park the ship in the harbor, in the port. So that's when they dock the ship. Okay, he also says that uh, they were hired, he and, and the friend were hired by a company. To be hired is to be employed. That's another word. Okay, also, he says, uh, when I ask him about languages, like, did he learn other languages? Does he learn words from uh, other nationalities? He says, yes, yes, um, you always pick up the basic stuff, which means uh, cosas básicas, stuff, okay? Cosas. All right, so that would be it. There's no more time for more expressions. So, listeners, um, well, um, I recommend um, taking a look at uh, this interview uh, maybe a couple more times from the internet website of uh, Ripollet Radio and, and listen to it later and check the questions. And if you haven't understood something, well, just uh, go back to it and listen once again. And uh, I hope this was useful. So um, this is uh, Gabor uh, with Create English in Ripollet Radio. And we're continuing with our program.
we are going to continue with a tale uh, that we're actually going to start today. Uh, it's a tale that I've adapted from a Catalan legend about a rock that you can see on Mount Montserrat. Uh, it's, a, it's a mountain with a peculiar shape, um, about a 40-minute drive from Barcelona. And there is a rock on that mountain called Caval Bernat, and that has a story, yeah? and this story is, uh, is a Catalan legend, and I've um, adapted the story and I'd like to um, read it out to you. Today you are going to hear the first part, but before I begin, I have a couple of words that I would like to teach you, just to make it easier. So, the story is about a woodman, okay? Woodman, leñador, yeah, who collects firewood in the forest. Um, a humble man would be una persona humilde. Hmm? Daybreak to dusk. Daybreak to dusk is an expression. It means desde el amanecer hasta el atardecer. Forest trail. Forest trail would be the way, el caminito en el bosque. Fed up. To be fed up means estar harto de algo. Stuff sería cosa. You say stuff when you don't want to name the thing in concrete because you don't remember or you just don't want to. So you can you can say stuff for a lot of things. Yes. So, but before we begin, I would like to ask a few questions uh, that you should listen out for. So in this tale, in this part, you are going to um, meet a woodman. And a knight. So the question, my first question would be, why was the woodman tired of his work, tired and fed up with his work? Uh, why was he tired and fed up? Um, right? ¿Por qué estaba el leñador cansado y harto? This is the first question. The second would be, uh, where did he sell the firewood that he collected in the forest. Where did he sell the firewood that he collected in the forest? Um, ¿Dónde vendía eh, la leña que recogía en el bosque? Right, uh, another question would be how did the woodman and the knight meet? ¿Cómo se conocieron el leñador y el caballero? And um, what color was the knight's robe? ¿Qué color era la capa que llevaba el caballero encima? Uh -huh. And uh, let me see if... if uh, yeah, okay. And then, then you, will, you will hear at the end of this part that um, the knight says, I have an idea. I've got an idea. And uh, it won't be answered today, but I'd like you to think, continue thinking and just, uh, you know, what, what idea do you think the knight had? Okay, cause, uh, because at the end of this part, you will hear that uh, the, knight tells the, uh, the, the knight tells the woodman that he's got an idea. And uh, the question is, what is his idea? What do you think his idea is? So, ¿qué idea crees que tenía el caballero? And this is not answered in this part. It will be answered in the next edition in November. But... Uh, this is a question just to think about until until we meet next time. 
So let's go ahead and I'll be reading out the first part of Bernard Horse. Bernard Horse, a story in three parts, based on the traditional Catalan legend Caval Bernat. Part one. Once upon a time, there lived a poor woodman in a small village near Montserrat, the serrated mountain. He was a humble man, working hard from daybreak to dusk. He made a living by cutting and collecting firewood every day that he then sold to the village people. But he had no animals to work for him, so he had to carry all the wood he collected from the forest uphill and downhill alone. One day he sat down beside the forest trail, sad and exhausted, and thought to himself, I'm fed up with this boring stuff. Every day the same thing. Chopping branches, loading my sack, taking it to the village, going from door to door. <laughs> and what for? After all, it's all peanuts I get. If only I could have a horse to carry the sack for me. Then I could get to more places to sell. Next day, as he was coming downhill, he reached a meadow. He stopped to take a short rest when he suddenly spotted a knight riding towards him on a marvelous horse. The knight was wearing a scarlet robe. Who the heck is this fellow? thought the woodman. Looks like he's rolling in it. Oh, and watch that horse. What a gorgeous piece. Well, I could use one like that myself. But what is he doing here in the middle of nowhere? Let me find out. Hoo, young man, nice day, eh? What you looking for around here? Morning, lumberjack. Not much, actually. I was just passing by and thought, what a pretty place this is. Pretty? Sure it is. No doubt about that. Even more on a horse like yours. It saves you a lot of walking, I suppose. That's an interesting way to put it. Well, you don't seem very happy. You look a little tired. You left your horse at home today? Horse? <laughs> Where did you put your eyes, young man? I have no horse. I have no donkey. Not even a poor mouse to keep me company. How on earth should I not look tired? Ah, I see, I see. That explains it. But listen here, I've got an idea. An idea? What do you mean? English version, 
music and narration by Gabor Leiradi. Well, this was our, the first part of our story, Bernard Horse, and uh, we're going to continue next month with the story. Uh, but now it's, uh, it seems it's time to say goodbye. Yes, we've come to the end of the program, and um, this was Create English with Gabor Legradi in Ripollet Radio, and um, I hope to see you, hope to, <laughs> I hope to be with you next month in November. And till then, well, all the best, take care, and goodbye. Goodbye.